Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, available in stores including Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Joy of Financial Planning is about the belief that we can overcome the unique economic and life challenges we face as a generation by first getting our financial house in order. In fact, we have no other choice. Now more than ever, we must grow our wealth, follow our passions, live with compassion, and find a way to achieve a personalized version of the American dream. Just as it has been in prior generations, the ideal of the American dream is being challenged, not just because of the novel coronavirus pandemic, but because of the callous murder of a fellow black man, George Floyd, that we all got to see. The example of his abuse, and that of many others, cuts through the core of the American dreams I have believed in all of my life. I have a persistent belief that all are created equal, worthy of respect, deserving of opportunity, and the ideals of the American dream live inside all of us. I thank you for supporting dreams, your dreams, by listening to this podcast. The purpose of this content is to educate listeners and for them to inform others. This episode is part of a series of recorded Zoominars from my Jason Howell Company YouTube channel. That's where you'll find the video versions. In my business life, my wealth management firm collaborates with many experts. Together, we transform regular investors into patriarchs and matriarchs of their families and their communities. This episode features some of that expertise. Please send your feedback to jason at jasonhowell.com and give this episode a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, if that's the kind of thing you do. For more about my unique brand of family wealth management, just go to jasonhowell.com. And now, how COVID-19 has changed life and disability insurance. and welcome to Life and Disability Insurance During a Crisis. If you've just come along to the screen, well, you've come at the right time. We are just getting started here with Mr. Ken Fami, and we're really excited to have this today. It's um, not often that you get an opportunity to sit and talk with a professional who's an expert in what they do and also willing to share that expertise with you on a um, essentially a Zoominar here and give you some free information that you can then walk through and see if it applies to you and if maybe you need to get a follow-up. So before we start our program, uh, let's just meet Ken. Ken, how are you doing? Terrific, Jason. Honored to be with you here today. Glad to have you. Pleasure. Glad to have you. How was your day? Was it a busy day? Well, actually been relatively busy. Had a wonderful morning. Um, you know, my lifestyle's changed a little bit as many people have during this crisis. We've learned to adapt and operate our business in some different ways. So it used to be that I would be up early in the morning, 6 a.m. and rush to the gym. Well, I don't have a gym to rush to. So it's more that. of operating from home, go for a run and doing my first meeting at home. So I had a, I had another uh, Zoominar at 10 a.m. and now I'm here in World Headquarters in Falls Church, Virginia. How do you, how do you work out at home, Ken? What, what do you end up doing? Just some push-ups? You know, I'm a guy who's been lifting weights for 30 years and it's the longest I haven't been lifted. So it's more of uh, aerobic. I've been running. 
doing lunges, push-ups, things of that nature. I've actually lost a little bit of weight because I haven't been pounding the heavy weights as much. I bet. And um, I think I'm a little bit more conscious of what I've been eating. No. But, um, you know, I just try to make the most of it. You know, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, when I enter the gym again now, it's going to probably be a little bit of a, a grind. Uh, you know, I was so disciplined that I'd get there every morning and, and focus. But we're doing the best we can. And it, it's been really enjoyable. Oh, I, I definitely am I'm right there with you. Um, this is the longest I've been away from the gym as well. And it was uh, very weird just getting started. And, and now you just hope that when you get back, you're, uh, you're not going back from zero. And I don't think you are. I mean, and, and fitness is such an important piece of the kind of, uh, the kind of thing you insure. You insure humans in their life. <laughs> this is a I, do insure, I do insure humans, but you know, I think that my physical fitness is also my mental fitness. And it's probably one of the most important times of the day for me. You know, people no, have their spiritual ability, which is very important too. But, you know, uh, without your health, you don't have much. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think we're going to get started here in, um, in a few seconds. And so uh, this is a, a great opportunity. If you wanted to grab something, go grab it uh, and then sit here and, and get ready to ask some questions. And by the way, you can ask questions right there in the chat. I will look at those questions uh, when we're during the presentation and I'll pose them to Ken so that he can get, um, get some fresh perspectives on some people that are listening. Every once in a while, you might see me divert my attention over to the chat as I'm about to do now or divert it over to the admitting people who wanna be a part of this event. Uh, so don't worry, don't worry. Uh, when Ken's talking, you won't see me at all anyway. Okay, why don't we go ahead and get started here. I'm gonna go ahead and switch the screen and we'll go to our, our short presentation that we've got for you today. All right, so if you came to life and disability insurance during a crisis, you came to the right place, welcome. We've got Ken Fami, CFP, CLU, CHFC. Uh, so a lot of letters behind his name, a lot of experience behind him as well. Um, so great to have you here with us, Ken. And uh, once again, I'm checking into participants that are jumping on here. Uh, so glad that we're all here together to hear this really important information, not only important during yeah, a crisis, but also important during uh, really any time that you have a chance to sit and start working on these things that are important to families. A lot of what we do at Jason Howell Company is partner with people like Ken who have expertise in categories we do not, and so that our clients can get the best information and eventually the best advice for their families and their families' decisions. And so once again, really happy to have Ken here today. So Ken, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about your history, your company. I know it goes back 30 years. I, I know you've done a lot. Give us a, a broad picture of who you are and, and what your firm represents. Certainly, and uh, again, it, it's a pleasure to be with you, Jason. I very much respect who you are and what you do and trying to uh, manage people's financial affairs. And fortunately right. I could be a piece of that. So, so I'm a guy who's been in the business uh, selling insurance for 35 years. I hate to admit it, but it's true. And you know, I've helped many people along the way, small business owners, individuals, families. And uh, the areas that I specialize in are primarily life, disability, income, long-term care insurance, things that I consider to be very important because it protects probably some of our greatest assets as I just mentioned, you know, health, your family, 
and uh, your financial well-being. And for those who own a business, it's, it's very important. So, so I got into the business uh, going. I have a degree in economics and business administration. I was going to be the guy up on Wall Street. I interviewed with Bear Stearns. Getting out of college, I would have been a bond trader at the get-go. The girl I dated was down here in Northern Virginia. Never made it back to New York. Uh, and thank goodness for that. So I, along the way, um, became a certified financial planner, a chartered life underwriter, chartered financial consultant, and I have a degree from Wharton in retirement planning, which leads me to become the uh, perfect financial advisor. But my focus is on risk management. And um, I hate to say it, but I think I'm a little bit of a dying breed. Many people don't want to get into the insurance profession in the areas that I am these days. They want to be financial planners. But... I decided that I, I, I should specialize in an area and it's worked out very well for me and I think for my clientele and for the advisors I work with. So what we do is, is we basically know products. We have a lot of knowledge in terms of how products fit into a financial plan. And we work with not only the end user, meaning the client, but we are entrusted by many people such as Jason who are financial planners, fee only, uh, CPAs and attorneys. So, um, that's pretty much what I've done. It's, it's been a matter of uh, being consistent, continuing to gain knowledge, and um, longevity seems to provide for uh, credibility, I guess, too. Wonderful. Thank you. And a loss, and a loss of hair, as you may see. And a, and a loss of hair. Well, you and me both. Um, yes. Wonderful. We must, be, we must be okay, guys. Uh, and to give you folks a little idea about who, uh, who we are at the Jason Howell Company, we're a family wealth management firm. We are sort of that, uh, if you want to use a sports analogy, point guard, quarterback, uh, if you want to use a business analogy, middle manager to working with the family's finances. And we bring people on like Ken and estate planners, like who we had last week. We had David Nasal. Um, if a divorce expert's necessary, we have someone for that. Uh, different people in mortgage, whatever category of expertise our families need, we bring them together and we try to build a team of advisors around our families, which is what the wealthiest folks do. We're really proud of some of our certifications and some of the appearances we've been able to make in the media, but we're most proud of really a three tool process that we end up taking and delivering to our clients at the end of the rainbow of that financial plan, that first financial plan that they put together. It starts, of course, with putting a bunch of recommendations together that we separate into seven categories of financial life one of them being risk management that Ken is here to talk about, but it continues with actually having an implementation guide so our clients know when to implement these recommendations. And then finally, as our third tool, we have what is the how, uh, a family governance process that we work with the clients to put together that goes through what they've done with money in the past, how they're managing money today, and the recommendations we have for how they can manage those monies uh, and on a daily basis going forward, and not just the money part, but the values and what they want to pass on to the next generation. So we really enjoy putting these together for our families. We really enjoy working with people like Ken who bring expertise to the program we put together. And we're really happy to have Ken Fami here to answer a few questions for us. And so as Ken said, he's got a great background um, in education, uh, certainly an unprecedented background and experience and you combine those two things together and you put together a good office as he has and some good values and you get Ken Fami and Fami and Associates. And so what we have today are some basic questions that sometimes people are a little thrown off to actually ask, but these are the questions that are the foundation for understanding risk management when it comes to life insurance and even disability insurance. 
And we'll also figure out, as is Ken, how an independent person in the industry can be a benefit to families more than just going to one of the big box firms that we see advertised on television, especially during sports programs, which we don't see as much anymore. Uh, but thankfully, uh, the coronavirus will hopefully be passing over the next few months. We'll get back to action and uh, we'll get back to some semblance of the life we had before. Regardless, here's an independent agent to answer some Q&A for us. And we're really happy to have you here, Ken. So let me start off with this first question uh, and I'll guide you through these. And then if we get some questions in the chat, uh, I'll be happy to ask you those towards the end as well. Uh, Ken, kick us off. Where does life insurance fit in a financial plan? Well, Jason, that is a pretty loaded question because life insurance can fit into a financial plan in many different ways. But to start, what we most think about is protecting loved ones and family. And so when we look to life insurance, life insurance, as I mentioned, can serve purpose in many different ways. But oftentimes we wanna make sure that we're not leaving family members with debts and obligations. We wanna make sure that there's monies that is, is provided for final expenses. And very importantly, if we have people who are dependent upon us, we wanna make sure that we can provide resources and funds that, that allow them to live a lifestyle and provide for the things that we really, if everybody has a different philosophy and approach when it comes to this, by the way, I've got, that's my disclaimer. I have people who, you know, don't believe in life insurance, but typically you want to cover your debts and obligations, survivor income, final expenses, and also things such as education, funding education for your children. Um, so those are more of the personal sides of life insurance. I also do a lot of life insurance for small business owners, where we protect key people in a business. And then I also do life insurance for various different factors where I have maybe a special needs trust. A child who's in need of care may be required to have some a trust set up for them to be able to live their life uh, because maybe they're not capable of taking care of themselves. Um, so those are your basics in terms of life insurance. Um, and I'm, I'm strictly mentioning the aspects of risk management as opposed to there are other benefits of life insurance where um, you know you could, you could take advantage of you know life insurance for accumulation and so forth. Well, yeah, and thank you for that. And and, and those are, there are so many advanced strategies for a lot of the tools that are out there in the financial space. You know, I'm so intrigued by your expertise in the risk management area. Um, and as you know, we, we've talked about, you know, I have my book that I did, Joy Financial Planning, over 70 pages are devoted to essentially your category. It's the largest section in the book. Um, well, that brings the most joy. It brings, <laughs> well, it can, you know, at the worst time in people's lives, right? Absolutely, absolutely, right? absolutely it can. I mean, it's really mixed emotions when I come in with a couple million dollar check and I feel happy to be able to be delivered a check, but I'm sad for them because they may have lost a loved one. Yeah. Or same for, you know, there's, it's an unusual feeling, but yes. Well, I think began my career in the, my finance side of the career at a large life insurance company and, and the way they positioned it. And, and you probably have heard this a, a dozen times before, you know, at the worst time in a family's life, you know, everyone's coming to the funeral. You're the only one bringing a check. And I've never had anybody tell me that it wasn't, a, it, it was a, you know, too much. Right. 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 I've had people say that's it, but well, that, that's, too bad. Yeah. that's too bad. Um, but yeah, certainly something to keep in mind. Um, just the, the real, direct personal nature of, uh, of this particular tool. Well, talk to us, you know, there are so many people that have heard of the CFP marks, you know, 
Uh, me and my business partner have both earned these CFP marks, but you have as well, yet you're a specialist on the risk management side. Talk about that differentiation. Yeah, and I think it, what's a big part of what allows me to be unique and not necessarily better than the rest, but certainly possibly more educated. You know, I understand how a financial plan gets put together. And um, I've worked with fee-only financial planners and regular financial planners who sell product for years. But there's the underlying parameter of a financial plan that is going to require somebody to understand how life insurance fits in. CFP training does that. It allows you to help to determine the amount of insurance, the proper type of insurance. And then, you know, when working with other advisors, whether it's the attorney who's going to maybe set up a trust for the advisor or the family uh, planner, you know, it all comes together. And there's a synergy of advisors. When we work together, Jason, and I'm working with other professionals, uh, I think there's an allegiance to the client that is so much better than being, you know, piecemeal, so to speak. And God forbid something should happen. It's nice to be able to work with the team for the benefit of the family. Um, so CFP is, a, is, is basic knowledge that I think most people should have uh, a CFP or somebody who's knowledgeable representing them. The other thing, too, about a CFP that I think is extremely important in this day and age is, is that we, Jason, as certified financial planners or a fiduciary, we are obligated to represent our clients first and foremost. And so regardless of whatever the product type or the insurance company, you know, in the back of my mind, I know I'm a CFP and I, and I adhere to that, those rules and regulations. No, it's great that you do that. Yes, CFP recently adjusted their code of ethics, their professionalism. Um, they kind of had a different window in, in prior years about, you know, when you could sort of piecemeal adhere to those ethics. And they've, they've changed that entirely. And anytime you're working with a client, those um, CFP professional standards are in place. And so it's, it's really great. I mean, for some backdrop, there are about 300,000 plus financial advisory type people in the country and um, only about 87,000 are certified the way Ken and, and myself and, and Doug are. So uh, we love to work with people that do get it. As you said, that team of advisors approach, it, it really is the best way to work with anyone in a financial manner, having expertise around the table that that client can lean on and even do a little bit of a check, right? Back and forth. Um, Cause you know, philosophies, once they're put together they should really work together, they shouldn't be integrated. So, you know, we appreciate that you have gone through the crucible of, uh, of getting these CFP marks when you're talking to clients of ours for the insurance part of it. Uh, well, and for I thank you for that too, Jason, because I will tell you that regardless of whether they do business with, you or not, or with me or not in my company, you know, when I, feel like I have the trust of an advisor such as yourself coming to me to ask for my expertise. I enjoy that. I really do. I enjoy being able to share my thoughts, give my opinions, and you being the uh, representing the client first and foremost, you know, take that back to the table with knowledge that maybe you didn't have beforehand. And, you know, I like being part of that team. No, that's great. Um, well, give us an idea, stepping back and or maybe stepping into where we are here in 2020. How is underwriting for life insurance, which is the qualification, the application process for getting life insurance for you yourself, how has that changed uh, during these past few months? Well, you know, I mean, 35 years in the business, I've never seen anything like this. Um, I've seen some financial crisis, but here we integrate the health aspect of uh, how, how it plays in with the insurance company. So, you know, it's interesting to see how these insurance companies have adapted. 
some have actually, if you can believe it, made it easier to do business for young, healthy people. Uh, they've basically allowed for um, simplified underwriting where you can basically go online and, and complete an application. And if you don't have any health issues that they seem to be, that seem concerning, it's fine. I can tell you that for people with uh, pre-existing conditions, particularly cancer, diabetes, elderly clients, it's become much tougher. And um, so companies have adjusted uh, in different ways for the older clients with health issues, more difficult. Some companies have raised the rates. Um, and so from an underwriting standpoint, uh, we're doing a lot of business. You know, I think that this pandemic, one is, is it's crazy how the pandemic has um, advanced us in terms of technology. And we're conducting businesses in different ways that we probably should have been doing it that way in the past because it's that much easier. Uh, but it, it's forced us to move forward. So, you know, underwriting is underwriting. Everybody's different. You don't know whether or not your health is good today or it's going to be bad tomorrow. But I can tell you that if you have a need for insurance, you're always better off doing it sooner rather than later. The people who want insurance the most are the ones who can't get it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You, you may be skinnier later, but you won't be any younger, will you? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't typically work that way. Yeah. Um, well, well, give us an idea because I think people, you know, getting life insurance is sort of this weird black box for a lot of folks. They don't know if getting it online is, is the right way. It's obviously a new way to get life insurance. But you see a lot of companies advertising on TV and then you see these agents at networking events that have big brand names behind them. And then there are people like yourself um, and maybe someone's never heard of your name, but they're learning about you now, who's, you know, you're, you're this independent, whatever that means, and you've been in business 30 plus years, and you've got a, a three designations after your name. Tell us about the advantages of working with an independent agent versus maybe a big box firm agent. Yeah, you know, I can certainly do that, but I want to take it a step further, because, you know, insurance is somewhat of a commodity. And, you know, I hate this misconception where people say, well, I need five times my income or, you know, they have all these convoluted ways of trying to determine how you like how you how much life insurance you should need. You know, it doesn't necessarily work that way. It's not, you know, a generic product where one size fits all. So personally, myself, with my education and oftentimes working with people such as yourself, Jason, a financial advisor, we basically determine the right type of insurance and the right amount of insurance. And so once you know the type and the amount, you wanna be able to go to different companies to see which is gonna be the best product based upon pricing and particular benefits uh, that are offered through that company. And having the experience that I have in representing multiple different carriers, I feel brings an advantage to the table. And you know, as a matter of fact, you know, I've been nominated for years in terms of Washingtonian Magazine and Northern Virginia Magazine. And, you know, we get nominated to these particular pieces in terms of uh, top professional in our industry, which I get put in there for risk management and insurance. Thanks to people like you, Jason, who uh, vote for me, because it's other professionals in the field who, who put people, uh, who, who vote for us. Yeah. And so basically, you know, they know that I'm going to come to the table with the right products and the right offerings and we're not obligated. I'm obligated to, to, we're not obligated to a particular company. We're obligated to the client. And that's what we do, you know? And, and so representing multiple companies is to the consumer's advantage. 
and that's that's an important um, point uh, to underscore. You're working with someone who's independent, but that person who's independent is working with a lot of those big box companies that people tend to trust. And so you're you're not losing on that piece. You're actually gaining the perspective, the underwriting, the options of the Prudentials, the maybe the New York Lifes, Northwestern Mutuals. I mean, most of these firms that you can think of. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. And, you know, as a matter of fact, when, you know, I make it a habit of when somebody's in need of a product, we don't offer one product. We take the top three, we put them on the table, we tell them why they're the top three, and we'll help them narrow down to which company we think is going to be best for them. And oftentimes they'll take our recommendation, and it might have to do with simply underwriting, meaning because of the particular health issue that person has, one company might work more favorably than the other. But that's all experience that I've gained over the years. And, you know, behind the scenes, it's being able to speak to the underwriters. You know, I've learned a lot about medical conditions and dealing with adverse risk over the years. And uh, it's a challenge. And so, you know, you have to have companies that are going to uh, do best for the client. And uh, you need to seek those out. And sometimes you have to negotiate with them. And if you have the skill and the ability to do that, which I think I've developed over the years, Again, it's to the consumer's advantage. You know, we had Pat Holland on uh, this uh, Zoom in our series, I guess, um, a few weeks ago. Um, he's our mortgage expert. And he was talking about working with his firm, Embrace Home Loans, and, this, and that idea of underwriting. I don't know that it came up in that Zoom in our, but I, I think it's similar where, you know, if you're working with an independent uh, bank, let's say, and you are going for a loan, it's kind of nice that some of that decision-making around the underwriting is localized. And maybe the person who's working can be your advocate for you know, getting that loan. Um, and in your case, being the advocate for that family or that individual in the family for getting that insurance policy at a rate they can afford. Is that a little bit what it's like being, um, being experienced and being independent and being able to speak to these big firms? Absolutely. I, I do believe that relationships and understanding and knowledge in terms of dealing with the companies, um, you know, is a big part of my business. I mean, it, it's a very, very difficult business because I can have people who, you know, want insurance. They know they need insurance. They can't get insurance. And my job is to be able to make sure that, and that's life insurance and or disability insurance or long-term care. But m my job is to seek out ways to make the insurance work. And if it doesn't, We've got to look to alternative strategies. So yeah, underwriting is a big, big piece of the whole equation. And you know, unfortunately, what happens too is as people get all hung up in terms of the intricacies of what type of insurance, how much of insurance, only to find that maybe they're not eligible. So I always say, let's determine if you're eligible. And then you know, the world's your oyster for the most part, and I'm going to help you to figure out what the right product is. That's great. And, you know, I want to get to disability before our time runs out, but you mentioned something a couple of times that I think a lot of people have challenged just wrapping their minds around. If you can give us a basic understanding of how do you know how much insurance you could need? And I think you're referring to disability insurance at this point. At this point, I'm still saying life insurance. Life insurance? Um, well, I mean, how do you know? Basically, what we want to do is just do a fact find. Right. And so if we're talking about an individual, again, we want to gather all the facts, debts and obligations, meaning typically people want to know that the house is paid for. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to take the cash and pay it down, but you want to make sure you're secure, your family's secure in their home. Secondly, is final expenses. You know, there's a cost of death. 
outstanding medical bills, final expenses, et cetera. Survivor income, we try to back into uh, or help people determine how much income will their family need in order to survive and get by for X number of years if they're not in the picture and they're the major breadwinner. And if they're not the breadwinner and they're even more important, they're home taking care of the kids, for instance, uh, you know, that person who's out working is in a world of hurt if he doesn't have somebody to take care of the kids or she. And so, you know, it's very important uh, that you do an analysis that looks into these various different things that we all consider, well, most of us consider important. Um, and, and so that's basically how you back into it. For a business, again, you want to get a sense of what the value of the business is. If business owner should die, typically the spouse of the business owner doesn't want the business. They'd rather have some money. And oftentimes the partner who's still alive doesn't want to be in business with the spouse of the deceased. So we need to come up with a dollar amount that would be fair in terms of a payout. So there's a calculation that often comes to mind. Uh, too often people just go and they say, hey, I think I need 500,000 or I think I need a million uh, or whatever the amount may be. But, you know, they're basically pulling it out of thin air. Some's better than none, I will tell you. Right, right. Um, well, thank you for that. I mean, I think we could have spent this whole thing on life insurance. Um, a lot of a lot there. Uh, anyone who wants to contact Ken Fami will have his contact information on the previous slide. I'll go back to it. And of course, I'll send everyone who is here and everyone who registered for this event. I will send an email out with um, really the link to the recording of this. And of course, Ken's contact information. Let's talk a little bit about disability with the time we have left. Um, let's start off with the basic. How does disability insurance fit into a financial plan? Well, you know, disability insurance is sort of like the fuel for a car. You know, you can have a car. If you don't have fuel, it doesn't drive. You can have the best financial plan, but if you don't have the income to help to achieve the goals and objectives that you're trying to make happen, which requires income, it's not going to be there. So I'd have to say generally people's largest asset or their greatest asset is their ability to generate an income. And if that goes down, they're in trouble. And, you know, it's basically taken a pandemic to bring to the table to many people what actually matters most. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is they're realizing, hey, you know, my income may stop. Or maybe they've now determined that, hey, you know, if I got sick with this thing, what would happen to my family? Um, you know, the dreaded disease. And so it's, it's funny how it works. But for disability insurance, it's extremely important. Unfortunately, people don't know enough about it. They rely on their employer. Employer doesn't provide majority of the people with enough disability insurance. Everybody, in my opinion, most everybody ought to have a separate personal disability insurance policy they take work with them. And so typically when you develop a disability insurance program, you want quality of a product. You know, life insurance is life insurance. We know what it pays and it's pretty obvious. Disability insurance, if you go out, you want to make sure that you have a product that's going to represent you and your profession well. It takes into consideration what you do. You don't want them to expect you to go and flip burgers, for instance, if you're a pediatric surgeon beforehand. So we want to make sure we have the right type of product. And we want to make sure it's guaranteed renewable and not cancelable, meaning they can't take it away from you once you have it or if your health deteriorates. So there's a lot of pieces that come into disability. You know, I have people who make a substantial amount of money. That doesn't need to mean they need to buy all the disability they can get based upon their income. You know, they basically just need to have what's required for them to achieve their financial objectives. And so we help them to figure out what that amount is. And then we also make sure that they're comfortable with the cost. 
because disability insurance oftentimes is not cheap, but as I said, I think it protects the most valuable asset um, other than your health and your family, and that's your ability to generate an income. Okay, so disability insurance is insurance for your income, mm-hmm. and it's insurance for your income in case you can't work because you've been injured. Sick, sickness, injury. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, either. And, okay. you know, I've, I've had numerous claims that I've paid out due to accident. I've had sickness. Um, it's, you know, I've been doing it for a long time and I've seen it and there, and it's a lifesaver for people. I have particular products. I have a gentleman who was a dentist who couldn't be a dentist any longer because of back problems. He's in another profession. He's still collecting the full amount of benefit because he can't do what he was doing based upon his education, training, and experience as a dentist. So, you know, his income is whole. Um, family didn't miss a beat financially. Without it, it would have been really horrible. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things people don't focus on enough. And uh, you would think that they would focus on it more so than say, you know, car insurance or home insurance, but those are required. And so they pick those up and it's just part of the equation that says, hey, I need to have this. But they forget that without the income, they can't pay for the car insurance, let alone the car. <laughs> and it's one of those things that, you know, until it's too late, people don't realize they needed to do that. And the probability of disability is, is by far greater than death um, for younger ages. Got it. Yeah. You know, there's a line in my book talking about risk management and and wealthy families and, you know, people that are that are not considered or don't think of themselves as wealthy just buy the insurance that's required like you mentioned homeowners insurance required car insurance required health insurance some years it's required some years it isn't required um, but they get it if it's required wealthier families or families that just have a better understanding of how net worth can uh can disappear so quickly um, they get the insurance that gives them leverage Um, they invest in what gives them opportunities and protection and uh, like you're saying, disability is one of those tools that not enough of us maybe pay enough attention to, but it's an opportunity. So if it's sickness, if it's um, accidents or, or what have you that keep you out and you're physically harmed, uh, just, just I know a lot of people who are here and that are listening may know this, but just a tiny few may not. How is disability insurance different from workman's compensation? Well, workman's compensation is provided to you by your employer, and it basically, it's very limited in terms of the amount of the pay. Um, and so it's basically to make up for some lost salary. If you had an accident or sickness on the job or accident on the job, I should say, um, it, 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 no comparison to what disability insurance is. Disability insurance basically pays all the way up to your, well, you can dial it up for five years at age 65, but typically when we want it to pay, if you become disabled at say 40, it's going to pay all the way up until say 67, your social security wage age. So, you know, workman's comp is, is a, a simple small bandaid where, you know, the disability insurance is going to help you to get through and achieve, or at least provide for your family in the manner you'd want to, uh, uh, you know, have, if you don't have a family, it's very important for yourself uh, too. So uh, disability insurance is, is key. And, you know, Jason, too, the, the one thing about all of these is, is that depending upon where you are, your age and your life, meaning if you have young children and, you, you know, you, you, you're basically trying to accumulate wealth. Well, you know, it's so important to have that life insurance and have that income because you haven't been able to accumulate as much as you're, you want to have. I have people who get 
into the young ages of 50s. Um, and I say young 50s, <laughs> right. um, whether it's 59. But, right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at some point there's a transition and maybe the income uh, isn't as important as protecting the assets. You've worked all these years to build up a nest egg. And now maybe you've got that nest egg and you've become somewhat financially independent. You know, to put more money in from the income requirement may not be as valuable as trying to protect those assets if you become sick. And that's going to, that goes into another territory, which we're not prepared to talk to, to today about, which is long-term care. People get sick when they're old and they need care. And unfortunately they go into a facility and it bleeds down all the assets and the children thought they were going to inherit or the, the spouse was dependent upon those assets for their retirement income. And it's a horrible thing that happened, but you know, all these particular products working with somebody like yourself and for me, you know, we help to dial up the products that are appropriate based upon the circumstances, whether it's a younger age, middle of the road, older age, um, you know, going back to life insurance. You know, I get I do life insurance for, for people who are in their 60s and 70s because they want to buy life insurance for legacy planning. They realize they can buy a life insurance plan with some of their assets that everybody dies, but it's a secure piece of wealth that's going to transfer to those they love, children, trusts, et cetera. That's great. Um, so all comes to play with the individual basis. There's not a one size fits all. And we gather those facts. We try to make recommendations that are appropriate. And then we go out to the market and we find the products and companies that are gonna be most suitable. Well, that's very helpful. That's what we would hope for. Uh, I'm gonna put it back to, um your slide here with your contact information for anyone that just wanted to jot that down right now, they could go ahead and do it. Anyone watching on Facebook live can do it. Who, um, whose email address I may not have, uh, can go right ahead and do that. If there are any questions that anyone has at this point, please put it in the chat. We're right towards the end of our program here. And, uh, this is a great opportunity to talk with someone that's got 30 plus years experience, Lots of certifications, but most importantly, he's usually very busy. And so uh, he's available here for us now and we can get the answers that, um, that maybe we just sort of had in our heads for such a long time. You know, Jason, if I may mention one other thing, kind of a little bit off course, but you know, with what's going on in the economy right now, there's a lot of people who have life insurance policies that they bought years ago, particularly what, what they consider whole life insurance. Well, we call it permanent insurance. There's all different types of whole life insurance, dividend paying, policies tied to stocks, policies tied to, you know, interest rates. But, you know, a lot of those policies aren't performing the way they were supposed to, particularly if they're interest sensitive. Interest rates have come down. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of these old policies that aren't living up to what they were supposed to. And many people are going to wake up with a big surprise one day to realize that the policies aren't going to last as long as they wanted to. Well, that's interesting. To. So maybe there's an opportunity so, to review it, these. I would suggest anybody who has an older permanent life insurance policy, pull it out of the drawer or wherever it is, request what's called an enforced illustration. You get it from the insurance company and see how it's performing based upon what you thought it was going to do, because many of them need shoring up. Um, and for that matter, many people have term life insurance. It's in the drawer. They bought it 15 years ago. Come to realize that, you know, there's only a couple of years left on it. Um, so it, it's a good opportunity. As I said, this pandemic has brought a lot of that, you know, out of the drawers, you know, they got a lot of dust on them, but people are thinking about it. So I've been really busy with that. Uh, but I would encourage people to do that.
Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'll, I'll stop the share. So now you can see our faces on the big screens. Um, we are just, uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to join us, Ken, and, and share just a tiny snippet of what you know, uh, at least on this very basic level for people who might have pulled that insurance policy out of the drawer, might have started thinking about it, and then all of a sudden started uh, wondering, hmm, maybe, maybe I need to talk with someone, and, and here you are. Before we go, uh, Ken, is there is there one thing that, especially during this time, while while essentially people like you have our attention, is there one thing that we should focus on when it comes to our risk management plan? Well, when, when you know, listen, basically what I would say is this: we all have our personal values, and let's go back to our values. What's important to us, and what are we doing to make sure that we're living up to them and, and achieving our obligations to, you know, whether whether it be your 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 family, your health, whatever. And, you know, so put it all in perspective and tie it into a financial plan with a person like Jason Howell, who's gonna help you pull it all together. He's gonna to incorporate somebody like me to also make sure that your pieces are together when it comes to risk management, that's life, disability, income, long-term care. Um, you know, I would just say, I would encourage you to, you know, not delay, do it. And um, it's, the sooner you get around to doing it, the better it is. And as I said before, unfortunately it's too, common that I get a phone call uh, and people haven't acted on what they wanted to do and you know it's too late. Too late. Don't delay. Do it. Ken Fami, certified financial planner, chartered life under underwriter and uh, what's the CHFC stand for? Chartered Financial Consultant. Chartered Financial Consultant. Yeah. Fami yeah. Associates 30 plus <laughs> years to his chagrin. Uh, we are so glad that you were able to carve out some time and spend it with people on Facebook, the people that have uh, come in live here on the Zoom. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you, Jason. And, 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 and I do need to mention that uh, your book provides for a great amount of information in terms of what we just spoke about. And um, happy to help out however I can. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This will be recorded. Uh, I will send this back to you, Ken, and I'll send it out to all those folks who registered. Uh, so stay tuned, everyone. Uh, with that, we give you the rest of your afternoon. Take care. Take care.